Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. Now, if you recall where we left off last week, we're right in the middle of the tribulation period. Now, again, Wednesday nights, when you invite somebody to church, you realize that, man, listen, this is not going to be one of those, yeah, we're, we're in the middle of the tribulation period. And, and what we've actually been happening is we've been introduced to pure evil. That's what we've really seen. Now, you guys, if you lived in this world any length of time, you've noticed pure evil. If you're walking with Jesus, you've noticed pure evil. You've noticed that what Isaiah said, woe to you who call evil good and good evil, you've noticed that in our world. I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, I don't believe this is happening. Things all over are, are just nuts. Let me, let me just say, I can't go into detail. You guys have seen it through social media, but let me just say this to you. Listen, here's, here's what's going on. Listen. Oh my goodness. The Lord said, as in the days of Noah, right? It's going to be as in the, and in Noah, they were all getting married. They're having, um, parties. They're all just do, they're all just doing life, right? They're flying. They're doing this. But he goes on to say, as in the days of Lot. And you guys know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. We're living in those days. Let me just say, I said this today to some folks, and I'll tell this to you. It's beginning to rain. The ark is done. It's beginning to rain. And it's almost time to go home. Now, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for you? What that means is you guys have hope. You have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ that one day he's going to hardpodzo us out of this world and we're going to be with him forever. But here's what I want you to say. How many of you know that the world is a mess? Right? How many? We, we, we know it's a mess. We know it's like, Argh. but here's the one thing. The Lord convicted me. Maybe he'll convict you. But I want to go to heaven, not because the world's a mess, but because I love Jesus. You understand that, right? Uh, the world's a mess, but it's always going to be a mess, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But my desire to go to heaven is to be the one that, with the one that created me. I want to love Jesus so much that it's like, you want to go to heaven? Absolutely. Why? Because I get to be with Jesus. And then all the things will be added on. The great reunion. People that have gone before us. Family members that are going to welcome us. It's amazing. The second thing it should do, guys, in this world is remind you not to take things so seriously. The drama in the world, you could do without. Just let it go. Let it go. So we've been introduced to a man that's pure evil. We talked about his political system. We talked about his religious system. And two weeks ago, if you recall, we finished with one world currency. Guys, and it's going to be part of his mark. Okay? The mark of the beast. Now, it's a human number. Okay? We're going to see that here in just a moment. But let me give you a little bit reminder. Okay? In the last days, here's what we're studying. We're studying that Satan right here in chapter 13, is going to create a counterfeit oneness. A counterfeit oneness that is going to consist of, if you're taking note, a one-world government. You'll know it by, it's called a new world order. 
Okay? Everybody agree. You, that's what's going on. If you listen to any type of podcast, any type of prophecy, you'll hear them say a new world order. We need to build back better. Things have to change. That's where he's going. Then we were introduced to his uh, one world religious system. Okay? They're going to set church against church, religion against religion, and say, hey, why can't we all just worship? But why does it have to be God? You see, you worship this way, you worship this way, and all of a sudden, he's going to do, let's worship. How about the beast? And then we were introduced, guys, two weeks ago, to the one-world economic system, okay? A one-world currency. Now, for many years, we've talked about a cashless society, okay? You don't, you don't pay cash anymore. And really, to be honest with you, if you ever pull out cash, they look at you funny, Okay? They look at you funny. You're like, but do you ever notice? You go pay for groceries and you pull out a $100 beer. What's the first thing they do? They check it. They mark it, right? Well, they can eliminate all that with something called cryptocurrency, which is starting to be accepted all around the world. Not just the United States, the world. So we're being set up. We're being set up. But what you don't understand, church, and I know you do, is 6% of Christians have a biblical worldview of what's going on. Do you guys remember back in the 80s? Some of you weren't even born, I get that. But back in the 80s, as, as we got in closer to the 90s, you started seeing www.something, and you had no idea what that was. You guys remember that? And you're just like, what is www.com? And you're just like, and slowly they introduced that, right? To now we can't do anything without that. Now, Linda, you don't know this. Okay, Linda, Linda, you don't know this. You girls don't know this, okay? The struggle was real back in the 80s if you wanted to go online. Do you remember that, self? Right, all that noise, and you're like, get on, get on. And then what was the first thing you say? You got mail. And you get all excited, right? Now it's like, click, I'm on. So think about that in currency. Think about how we're going, well, no, I mean, there's a crypto, there's a Bitcoin. I'm not sure what that means. Ah, it boggles my mind. But all of a sudden, it's going to be the world currency. That's what we learned. The Lord told us. The Lord told us. Now, remember what's going on in the world, okay? All hell is broken loose. That's what's happening in the world. Four billion people have died. Evil is running rampant. And people are looking for something called normal. Can I give you a preview? Look back to 2020. What did we want? We wanted something called normal. I just want to go back to normal. What was normal? Well, I don't want to wear a mask and I don't want to, and I don't want to get sick and I want to be careful and we just want normal and I want to be able to go to the grocery store and not, right? All of these and we, and we were shielded with all of these things, right? And I don't know, for some reason, I can't hear very good when there's a shield in front of me. And it's like, huh? And I have to look around and they're like, sir, don't look around. Oh, sorry. I mean, we wanted normal. You know? Yeah, you broke the barrier. Exactly. So the people here are looking for normal. But they're also looking for a Savior, aren't they? That's what they're looking for. 
And here's where we get a glimpse of what's to come. Check it out. According to Revelation chapter 13, we, 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 we talked about this verses 16 through 18. It says this, he, speaking of the Antichrist, guys, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their hand, their right hand, or their forehead, that no one can buy or sell except one who has the mark in the name of the beast or the number of his name. Everybody remember that. He says, here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of men. Its number is 666. Now, why is that important? Well, the first thing we need to note is, I want you to note that phrase, causes all. Why? Because it means no one on earth will have a choice. You go, what do you mean? That's what it means. You either take the mark, or you will die. Really simple. Really simple. Take the mark or you'll die. You see, you'll have no constitutional rights. Well, you will have nobody higher to... I'm going to appeal to the Supreme Court. I don't want to take the mark. You will not be able to appeal to anyone. You understand that, right? And this is right in the middle of the tribulation. Now, just today... Just today, concerning the vaccine, the French president said, and I quote, that you cannot buy, sell, do business right now in France without the, it's called the Vax Passport. Now, there's some French people revolting and, and all of that stuff, but, but you think about it. Think about it. He's going, no. Okay? And you go, well... Pastor Ben, question, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? The answer is no, because we're not in the middle of the tribulation. But it's a setup, so you can easily run that way. If you are not a believer, and you decide to stick around during the tribulation, how easy is it you to go from, this is what you have to do in order to buy, sell, to trade, to what? Notice, you won't buy or sell or anything, free your slave, no... And then move into the market's going to be so much easier, is it not? Well, put it right there. I need groceries. Let's go. This is what's happening, guys. This is what's happening in our world today. We're being set up. I also read, and you guys know this, our current administration is going to set up a task force to go to your home to find out if you've taken the COVID vaccine. Right? Now, keep this in mind, okay? This may be a preview or conditioning of what the Antichrist is not going to require but demand. This is a preview. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you are left behind? Now, you guys are, you guys are not left behind. We're raptured. Giving your life to God, we're, we're excited to go there. But what about those that are left behind and they go, oh, I've heard about this. That guy at the church talked about this. I know one thing, don't take the mark. And, just try, and then so you sort of isolate yourself and then you get a knock on the door. Hey, have you, have you taken the mark yet? No, but I, I, I have some leftover cash. See, I've been hiding. 
I've been hiding cash in a shoe, and that's no good. That's you might as well burn that. That's no good. But I have some credit. No, your credit. Your credit. Your your credit. Credit. We talk about credit. What about credit cards? What about credit? Well, I just realized this week that Wells Fargo pulled every line of credit from people. Now you can still pay your house, and, 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 and but but if you had a line of credit. And I don't know if they're doing that with credit cards. I'm not sure, so I can't say. But I'm saying, guys, think about this. Think about this. See, today in America, we still have a choice. We still have a choice. Okay? Somebody asked me today, what if somebody came to your house to ask you about the vaccine? I said, if somebody comes to my house, I'm going to witness them, I'm going to, witness to, to them about Jesus. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you have the vaccine? Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have Jesus? Right? Let's go. Let's go. Because I'm, you know, they're just doing their job. But I want to see if they're saved. And then I thought about this too, guys. I said, America, we still have a choice. But the government, the government of the United States should not have to set up a task force to ensure our health. They shouldn't. You're going to get in trouble. No, 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 no. Listen, I, I know what people think, and, and we have great humans on both sides. The point I'm trying to make, guys, is that, is that I want you to watch how we're being set up for a one-world government and a one-world religion. We're being set up. The stage has to be set. The stage has to be set. And here's what I want you to see. Keep this in mind. It's not just America... This is going on worldwide. If you have any time, look up, look up Haiti. Look up the president there. Look up why what happened happened. You're going, what happened? Well, look it up. I don't have time to go into this. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what's going on in the world. But what I love what God does is we come to chapter 14 and he gives us a break from the evil. Okay? Now, it's really hard to invite people to church and go, what are you studying, Revelation? Is it good? It's really depressing. We walk out of here going, man, four billion people have died. And it's really depressing. Why? Well, it's not depressing for us as believers. What it is, it's depressing for those that we know that are not giving, that are not serving Jesus. You don't want any of our loved ones to stay behind. We've done everything we can to try to point them to Christ. Now, not being perfect. And and you don't want anyone to go through that. You don't. And chapter 14 comes in and he says, okay, I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to give you a break. Okay? Now, before we move on, okay, I want you to be reminded that you don't have to go through the tribulation. Okay? You don't want to be left behind. I've had so many friends back in high school, man, I want to go to hell and party with my bros in hell. And they just look at it and blow it off. But you don't want to go through the tribulation. You don't want to be left behind. It's not going to be like anything you've ever seen. Well, last week, if you weren't here, guys, we didn't finish the verses in chapter 14. We didn't get the chance to finish five verses. So let me give you a recap, okay? We talked about John, guys. He, um, he's seen the end of the tribulation, if you will. 
Okay, Revelation chapter 14, 1 and 2 says, Then I looked, behold, the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, with him 144,000 having his Father's name on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunders, and I heard the sound of the harpists playing their harps. Now, chapter 14 begins, guys, remember, jumping ahead to where the second coming of Jesus, standing on Mount Zion with 144,000. And here's what we learned. If you will, it's kind of like the fast forward on the remote button. Okay, In the midst of the 666 and evil and John's going, please, he goes, oh, wait a minute. Here's what I saw. I saw Jesus standing with 144,000. And what I love about that is you remember, the 144,000 were born for the tribulation. They're in the midst of darkness, chaos, disaster. Okay, 144,000 Jewish evangelists trying to win people to God. But here's what I want you to note, okay? I want you to note that, guys, the number is not 142,000. It's not 143,999. They all made it. John says, I saw 144,000. And here's what really spoke to me, guys, is that the testimony to the faithfulness of the Father. He keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. And I thought, let me, let me do this. Let me, um, let me give you a few of the promises that you can stand on tonight. Just a few. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Look at this promise. God says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise you can take to the bank. What's that? He says, fear not. Fear not. I'm with you. Listen, when you go to bed tonight, guys, just close your eyes in peace and say, thank you, Lord, for being with me. It's a promise. It's a promise. Another promise, guys, is Deuteronomy 31 and 8. He says, and the Lord, he is one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Aren't you glad? Not only is God with me, he's going to go before me. You got that? Here's the promise. You ready? He's already there tomorrow. (laughs) He's already there tomorrow. He's already guiding you. It's our job to gain sensitive ears to the Spirit so we know which which way to walk. He's already there. He's guiding us. And sometimes he says, Rosa, no, 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 no. Don't go there. No. Oh, okay, I feel like, I just feel like, right? we got to be sensitive. He's already there before us. Sheree, he's already there before us. I say, Sheree, can you kind of look around in, in Lubbock and try to, maybe there's a, there's a building you might know of, I don't know of anybody, and God put that heavy on our heart. God put that heavy because there's, oh Lord, this is something amazing. We could, okay, okay. That wasn't me. It was just a simple request. God's doing things. But we have to be sensitive, guys, because he's the one that goes before you. He's going to be with you. And I love the fact that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And if you're about to like, like take your final breath on earth, and I hope not because I love you to death, but if you were to take your final breath, he's right there with you. He's going to go, come on. 
And we don't have to get scared. We don't have to fear. We don't have to freak out. He's with us. Let me give you another one. Psalm 32, verse 8. He says, I will instruct you, teach you the way you should go, and I will guide you with my eye. That's a promise from God that he's going to teach us. You see, here's the, here's the beauty. You come to church on a Wednesday night, you open up your Bibles, and or you come on Sunday morning, you open up your Bibles, and here's what's going on. It's not Pastor Ben who teaches you. It's the Holy Spirit. He's guiding you. And, and, and it's so funny because I get this all the time. When we have new people that come to church, they always, they always go to their wife or their husband or the friend that bought them and said, did you tell Pastor Ben what I was going through before? No, why? Because he said everything in the sermon was what I was feeling. That's God. That's God. I've had husbands, wives nudge their husbands. Husbands nudge their wives saying, Did you tell him? I bet you set up an appointment and you tell him all about our life. No. No. I will instruct you. I will teach you. God's going to teach us, guys. What we have to do is be willing to grow. Be willing to open up our heart and say, Lord, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want all that you have for me. Well, those are the promises, guys, that we picked up. Now, the six applicational points that we, we're going to pull from this is going to help us with our walk with God. Now, let me give them to you again if you're taking note. You might have them from last week, but we're going to see their seal. First and foremost, this is the 144,000, their seal. And then we're going to see their symphony, a special song that God gives them. Okay, then we're going to see their separateness. Then we're going to see their steps. We didn't talk about their steps or their speech or their standing with God. So you have these six. Now, I think last week I covered two, maybe three. And I looked up. I was like, oh, I'm running out of time because we were doing communion. So let me recap real quick, guys. Let's talk about their seal. That's that's going to help us. Okay, that's going to help us because the Bible says in verse one, their father's name was written on their foreheads. How cool is that? John looks into the future. He sees Jesus, the Lamb, on Mount Zion. He sees the 144,000, and it has their father, Yahweh, on their forehead. That is amazing. Yahweh written on their forehead, and he protected them from the many judgment that took place during the tribulation. He protected them. Now, let me just say this, guys. It's they are not the church. We're in heaven. What are we doing in heaven? We're eating filet mignon. We're having a great time. We're worshiping God. We're looking at each other and being like, I can't believe we, this is real. I need to talk to David. David, man, tell me about Goliath. Well, I was scared. Yeah, you were just, I mean, think about what we're going to do. It's just so cool. But I'm pretty sure for the first seven years that we're up there, we're just going to do this. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. And I love the fact that Isaiah points out, it's like the Lord was always on their mind. You know, he says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, verse 3, and you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I love that verse, guys. That's a great verse. He will keep you in perfect peace. Now listen, 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 listen. Escucha. That's Spanish for listen. If we don't have peace in our heart, I wonder if our minds are not on the Lord. 
I wonder if we strayed a little bit. We once were walking really close. We strayed. He's going to keep me in perfect peace, but I want my mind on him. You go, well, Ben, where does my mind go? It usually goes on circumstances in life. Hardships, things that we go through. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want my mind to be on the hardships every single day. That's when I get depressed. That's when I get super bummed. I want my mind to be on the Lord. You see, guys, listen. It's really practical. When you gave your life to Him, you gave your life to Him. And He can see fit how to use your life any way He wants to. Think about it. That's, it's His life. You can't, you can't give your life and then take it back. Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. No, 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 no. Never mind, guys. I want to do something with it. Hold on, God. Oh, but God, I want to give my life to you. You can't do that. Give it to him and let him run with it. He knows best. He knows best. He's guiding you. He's teaching you. He's walking with you. He never leaves you nor forsake you. What can the world do to compare with that? <laughs> Nothing. It just dances around, little glittery, little, little, you know, but it doesn't compare to the peace that God gives you in your heart. Guys, when you gave your life to the Lord, you were sealed. Much like the 144,000, but not with the Father's name on your forehead, with the Holy Spirit in your heart. Ooh, that's good stuff. Why? Because the conviction you feel when you sin is the Holy Spirit saying, uh-uh, you're, you're, my, you're my child. Don't, no, 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 no. Come on, you know better than that. Help me out, church. What do we do? We have two choices at that point, right? What, what, what do we do? We could, we could not listen to the conviction and go our way, and then we reap the consequences. Or we can listen to that, that beautiful conviction and repent and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Regardless of what we do, guys, you need to think about this. You need to think about this. When you repent, it's not to please men, but it's to be right with God. It's to be right with God. That's where we go, Lord, I'm, I, I don't, it doesn't matter who's around me. I've blown it. I've messed up. I'm just, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. Let me just say this to you guys, and I know it's happening. So back me up here, buddy. The enemy is attacking walks all day, every day. And not just pastors, okay? Not just, not just missionaries, not just all of y'all. That's the Texas. All y'all. If you are a believer in Christ, you're being attacked in your walk, in your faith, in what you believe. Because he knows the time is short. Robert, he knows the time is short. And if he could get you to stumble, now he can't take your salvation away, but if he can get you to stumble and put you on the shelf, that's what he wants to do. He wants to kill your testimony. You have friends that are looking at you, looking up to you. Wow, something really changed. He wants to kill that. Kids, he wants to kill that. He wants to kill that. So the Holy Spirit, you being sealed, is a great thing. But why does he do that? Well, remember, being sealed implies two things. Number one, we talked about ownership. He, he, we, he owns us. I love what Paul said. Do you remember what Paul said? He was Saul, right, when he got struck down by the Lord. He says, who are you, Lord? And that term, who are you, Lord, means whoever you are, you own me. 
That's what he means by that. You own me. It implies ownership, but it also implies authenticity. It means you become an authentic believer. In our day and age, church, and I'm going to say this with, with as lovingly as I can, in our day and age, we need to be careful with fake believers. They call fake Christians. I want to be authentic, which means I blow it. I say the wrong thing. I do the wrong thing. I make a bad choice. But I quickly repent and say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Guys, think about that. What are the hardest words to say to somebody? Will you please forgive me? Well, let me tell you, it's because... No, will you please forgive Well, listen, listen, Pastor, I was right. No, will you please forgive me? I don't care who is right and I don't care who is wrong. Reconcile the relationship. Because that's what God has called us to do as believers. Then we learned, guys, last year, last week, we learned about their, their symphony. Their symphony. Revelation 4.3 says, And they sang a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. All glory to God. You go, what was the point? Guys, now this is key. Because the 144,000 realized they were redeemed. Have you been redeemed? They learned a song, an exclusive song to sing because they alone went through the testing and the tribulation. And here's what the result was. They maintained their integrity. They kept their purity and they continued walking with the Lord. He redeemed them from the earth, but they said, this is the song I need to sing. Only they could sing that song of redemption. It was exclusive to them. Now, the application is amazing. You go, Ben, how so? Every one of us, guys, will go through trials and tribulations. Can I get a good amen on that one? Amen. But see, God's intention in those trials and tribulation is to produce in us a new song. A song that is exclusive to you. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. I get it. It's the hardest thing to do to be in a jail cell and be singing hymns and praises to God. Let me tell you what the difference is in my life. Mine sounds a lot like whining. Not a new song. God, please, I don't understand. I'm serious. But if I realized and focused and said, Lord, this trial, this tribulation, whatever I'm about to go through is going to produce in me a closeness to you and a song that I can sing, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. This is exactly what it is, guys. It's a symphony of declaration on how God, how his grace was sufficient. Guys, how, how he showed power in your weakness and how he pulled you through. Look back on your lives and see how God walked with you and held you in his hand and he brought you through some of the most trying trials of your life. And he produced in you a song that only you can sing. But he does it for a reason, Alex. He does it for a reason. 
the things that you've gone through, my friend, is so that you can build water, wonderful, refreshing pools of fresh water as others are coming behind you. Alex, did you go through this? I did. But bro, you don't have to because here are the consequences. Oh, wow. Thanks, man. Thanks. Somebody's been here before. And isn't that the greatest comfort to know that somebody, you're not the only one going through this. And you come through and you go, oh, man. Whoo, wow. Far out. You, you. The biggest struggle that I have as a pastor is thinking I'm alone in, in the journey. And when I get around other pastors, I go, oh, yeah, we were struggling like that. Dude, no way. You got a church of the, no, 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 no. Wow. You're digging pools for those that come behind you. Okay, okay. Guys, that's what it is. He's going he's gonna to pull you through. And he alone gives you a new song. He wants to produce a symphony in our hearts. Think about that one trial that was really, really hard. And how God pulled you through and how you go, man, to God be the glory. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe, wow. And what's the song that you sing to him? You guys, you remember when, when God just, he just, think about this, man. Think about your worship. Think about your worship when he pulled you, right after he pulled you out of that trial. Have you came through and you were victorious? Think about, you're just singing to the Lord. You don't care who's, look, you're just, and it's you just going to God. It was just amazing. That's your song. And what happens over time? Well, I don't know why they're doing that song. I don't know the words to that song. I'll just stand here. Well, what time is worship over? Then we'll get to church. Guys, think about it. We should always live with that victorious, God, you are so amazing, and I'm going to sing to you with all of my heart. I'm going to see which, Lord, this is amazing. This is, oh. When I think of that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine. I once was blind, now I see. Yeah, that's me. Amazing grace. You know what happens? True confession time. We get full of ourselves, don't we? I don't want to be full of myself, Mel. I want to empty myself and be full of God. That takes a lot to do. Empty yourself. The problem is, is that I go to bed and I wake up with myself tomorrow. Hello. I have to purposely empty myself. Empty myself. Be, be done with, okay, Lord, you got to fill me with your spirit. Give me the right words to say. Then we talked about the third one, guys. Their separateness. The 144,000. Verse 4 says, these are the ones who are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These are redeemed among the men, being first fruits of God to the Lamb. Now, here's what we learn from this verse, guys. They kept themselves pure from the what defilements of the world, the moral filth. This is what they did, right? They kept themselves from anything, listen, that would compromise their purity before Jesus. Everybody say compromise. Okay. Have we compromised our walks with God? I'll tell you how it, how it works. Okay? There was a man one day who went hunting a bear. 
And he came across this really black, big black bear, and the bear comes up to him and says, hey, what are you doing? He says, well, I would like a big black fur coat. And the bear says, well, I'm hungry, and I would like my stomach to be filled. So they both went in the woods, and only the bear came back out. They both got what they wanted. That's compromise, is it not? Is it not true? Guys, think about this. These people didn't compromise their purity. They said no. No. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world, nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. He says, don't love the world. Don't love the world. But I want to show you something really cool. You go, what's that? I want to show you guys verse 4. It says this. Now, these are the ones who have not defiled with women, for they are virgins. Okay? Notice with me, this is a special encouragement to our single folks here. If you're here today and you're single, this is for you. Why? Because because here's the thing. The fact that they were virgins, if you look it up in the Greek, it actually means they were single. They were single. Okay? And here's what it says. They used their singleness for the Lord. And it was great encouragement to any who are single today. And we happen to look down at people who are single. Well, what's the matter with you? What's wrong? Why are you single? No, 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 no. God says, look, 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 look. You have the freedom to be used in whatever you want to do. He says that. He says, if you're married, you can't just go off to the mission field. You've got to take care of your wife. You've got a responsibility. But if you're single, and he uses them in a great way. Why? Because he says, look, they were single. They were single-minded for God. And I think it's just great encouragement. Why? Because we all want to be married or we want to have somebody and God goes, wait, no, no, no. I'll give you that in time. Patience. But think about this. Think about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. You can jot that down. 32 through 34 says, in everything I want you to do, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please the Lord. But married men can't do that so well. He has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord in body and spirit, while, while a married woman must be concerned about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. The Word of God brings great balance. If you're married, be married. Please your husband. Please your wife. Think about those responsibilities. If you're single, be single. Be single for the Lord. It's all great. But Pastor Ben, I don't want to be single. God will bring you the right one at the right time. But if you're focused on... Here's, here's how you do If you're single here, okay? Lindy, you listening to me? You're single? Run hard and fast after God. And if there's a guy who's running hard and fast after God next to you, there you go. That's what you need, right? 
That's what you do. Run hard and fast. You look over to the side and someone's running hard and fast after God the same right next to you. You go, oh, right? How you doing? No, don't do that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Number four. Let's talk about their steps. Look at verse 4b. These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. I love that, right? Notice, notice. Following Jesus is the simplest way to being all that God would have you to be, enjoying all that God would have you to enjoy as a Christian. Sometimes we, we take it upon ourselves to try to be something else, and he goes, no, 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 just follow the Lord. Just follow the Lord. Listen, saints, if I'm following Jesus, then I will keep my life from being defiled. If I'm following Jesus, I will avoid, listen to me, I will avoid anything that would steal my affections if I'm following Jesus. Can we be honest in church? Can we be honest in church? Guys, it's when I stop following Jesus, when I stop walking close to him, that I find myself being defiled and compromising and allowing things to steal my affections that belong to Him. That's when I stop. It's just, it's just the case, right? How's it go? Hey, did you read your Bible today? Ah, oh, you know, I just I didn't get a chance. Oh, yeah, you know, a week goes by. Hey, man, did you read your Bible? Have, have you been? Have you had your quiet time? Ah, oh, you know, and you find yourself drifting. You find yourself drifting. You find yourself drifting. You know what happens in the ocean? Any of you ever been to the ocean? <laughs> Anybody? What happens? If you get deep enough into the ocean, it pulls you out, doesn't it? All of a sudden, man, it's like here, then it's here, then it's here, and you're like, oh, I better get back, and the waves keep coming. And that's how it is when we walk away from God. We just, we're in there, and we're fine for just a little bit, and then we find ourselves just drifting away. And God says, no, 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 I love you. Please come back. Come back. These people that John sees, guys, these people follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Here's, what, here's a sad commentary. You go, what's that? Some people follow the Lamb as long as He takes them where they want to go. Right? Lord, I'll follow You if You give me blue skies and sunny days. I'll follow You, Lord. I'll follow you, Lord, as long as I don't have any trial, tribulation, any suffering. I'll follow you, God. I want health, wealth, and all the riches. But the minute that there's storm clouds overhead, guess what? Lord, I'm out. I think I'll sit this one out. I think I'll sit this one out. Guys, there are people who love green pastures and still waters. But they tell the Lord, don't take me through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not into that. It's bad doctrine, guys. Because the Word of God says as believers, we're going to share in His glory, but we're going to share in His suffering too. But I know that He blesses me more. Come on, somebody. He blesses me more than the trials that I face. He does. If I were to compare all the blessings He gave me compared to all the... Man, man, I was joking with Mike O'Reilly out there just a while ago, and I said, man, listen, the fact that we get up in the morning, that's a blessing. How many of us take it for granted? 
We don't start our day with Jesus. We start our day with, I got this to do. I got this to do. I got that. I got to go here. I got to go there. Oh my God, I have 15, 45 meetings today. I've got to do this. I got to do this. I got, oh, I'm running behind. Oh, Lord, got that. Got that. So let me ask you this, okay? How many of you like to be in control of things? <laughs> like control. We do, right? It's hard when you, when you, when you have that attitude of just let go. Just let go. It'll be alright. It'll work out. Okay? So when we were flying on our trip, when we were flying, okay, um, the airlines are a mess. They were a mess. So if you're gonna fly, you, you better check and be there. Okay? Um, but here's the thing. Um, we were getting into our destination really late. I mean, we were supposed to be there at nine. We didn't get there till one, till one o'clock in the morning. Now, I'm kind of panicking a little bit because I didn't think the rental car was going to be open. Right? I didn't think, I mean, I'm like, uh, we're not going to have a car. What are we going to do? And I, and I was really trying to just say, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. Guess what? It was all right. It was all right. But even if it had gone south in any way, shape, or form, the Lord's still with us, is He not? The struggle I have is trying to be in control of everything. Like, like you understand, if I'm going to go on a trip, Alex, and I have to know like where we're going to go, where we're going to stop, how long it's going to take us, this is what we're going to do. I mean, I, I will plan out the route and everything days before. Right, Tall? Don't just tell me to get in the car. We're driving because I'll be like, oh. <laughs> now, if it's a road trip, bro, I'm in because then that's whatever. But the Lord is in control of our lives. And there's so much peace when we give up control. See, a true believer, listen to me, is one who follows the Lord wherever he leads them. Okay? Jesus says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command. He didn't say, you are my friends if you do whatever you personally agree with or whatever you find convenient or comfortable. He says, if you listen and obey. You listen and obey. These are the steps. Guys, follow the Lord. It's a great application. Number, number five, guys, their speech. Look at verse five. And their mouth, in their mouth was found no deceit. Why? They spoke the truth. Now, think about the truth that they had to share. Theirs was not an easy message. The tribulation is crazy. Judgment everywhere. People dying, evil, rampant. I mean, all of this stuff. And they come in and go, hey, you need to turn from your sin. You need to turn to God. Don't take the mark of the beast. Well, what's it going to cost me? It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your life. It really is the best thing. That was an easy message. That was, a, that was a hard message for them. Think about it. And it says here, and in their mouth was found no... De-. They weren't like, hey, listen, um, and I said, it's an easy gospel. Listen, just give your life to the Lord. Hey, fake the little mark if you need to. I said, listen, it's going to cost you your life. That was a hard message. But it says the truth, they, they, they spoke the truth. Think about the message in contrast to what we have to share. We get to share a message of grace. 
and how much God loves you and how much he died for you and he's a plan for your life. That's a great contrast, guys. The Bible says for you and I to speak the truth in love. And sometimes the truth is hard, but you've got to speak it in love. You've got to tell somebody, listen, I love you. And what you're doing is wrong. Judge not, lest you be judged. No, I'm not trying to judge you. I just want to tell you, this is the gospel. Well, you can't judge me. You don't know I'm a Christian, but let me see, let me see the fruit of your life. See, this is where we learn. This is where we grow. It's the fruit. We get a gospel of grace. We get the gospel of grace. Listen, God loves you. He died for you. It's not a hard thing right now. It's not hard. Well, what happens if I give my life to the Lord? You get God. I might get fired. You get God. All this might happen. I might lose my friends. You get God. He has way better friends. He's way better. Listen, trust me. Trust me. Think about our friends for just a moment. Are they really friends? Because a good friend is a friend that pushes you towards the Lord. A good friend is one saying, how's your walk, man? How's your quiet time? It's not the one that wants to pull you down. I have enough of those. A good friend says, hey, man. Number six, they're standing before God. This is their standing. Look at verse five. For they were without fault before the throne of God. Guys, this is one of the key aspects of standing in times of tribulation. You go with it. It's knowing who you are in God. Okay? Your place in Christ. Not because of what you have done or who you are, but it's because of whose you are. You're God's. And you have been placed in Christ. That's key. You have to know your identity. You have to. You won't make it in the world without your identity, man. And that's why Paul spends three chapters in the book of Ephesians talking about your position in Christ. That's why Paul says, listen, you are what, man? He says, in Christ you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You have an inheritance, an abundance of power, access to the throne. This is who he says. But how many of us walk around going, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am in Christ. Right? But he wants us to know. He wants us to know. You have to know who you are. You have to know your identity. This is who I belong to. This is who I belong to. Now realize, I realize that those truths, it impacts life in a radical way. Because why? Well, I'm no longer worrying. I'm not worried if God is happy with me. Did I, you know, I'm no longer striving to earn his favor. Instead, I'm resting. I'm resting in and moving in the reality. And I have favor with God and I have love. Why? Because I'm in Christ. In Christ. Guys, let me, let me close with this. Let me just close with this story, okay? Remember the Old Testament story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you remember that story? Some of you may, some of you may not. But do you, remember, do you sometimes wonder why it seems 
that, that you are constantly walking in the middle of a figurative fire? You know, do you remember them? I mean, man, we're not going to bow. We're not going to compromise our walk. Guess where they ended up? In the fiery furnace. Right? Now, let me just give you a backstory real quick because I feel like it's important. Remember, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, Daniel is a type of the church. He's not around, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through, go through the fire, to, through the tribulation. So the Lord, even in Daniel, is speaking about what's happening in Revelation. But they're in a fire. And, and the application for us is we go, sometimes, Lord, I feel like I'm always in a, in the middle of a figurative fire. I mean, I feel like that. And, and, and rather than, than God, questioning God's faithfulness to you, take a look at your spiritual conduct and your faithfulness to Him. Right? Go back and look at these things and say, Lord, am I, am I spiritually pure in my devotion to you? Am I walking as close as I want to walk to you, Lord? Am I or have I been flirting with the world? These things, guys, these things. I think we need to be unwilling to compromise and bend to the worship as the world worships. We need to worship the Lord. Now, you don't have to be perfect to be an overcomer. All you need to do is strive to walk the walk. That's all. Be faithful. Everybody say faithful. Try it again. Faithful. Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God will honor your devotion and will be right beside you as you walk through the flames. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word, God. Lord, thank you for reminding us, Lord, of all of these things. God, we thank you that you sealed us, God, with your Holy Spirit. We thank you that the trials that we've gone through, Lord, are providing a symphony, a new song that only we can sing. And Lord, we ask that if someone has cancer or back pain or they're struggling with lupus or emphysema, whatever it might be, God, that we would walk closer to you, God, and and you'll see us through the other side. God, we pray for our separateness, that, Lord, that we would not be defiled. And if we are defiled, God, that we would fall in the altar in your mercy. I pray for our steps, God, that we would follow you all the days of our lives. Lord, I pray that our speech, that it would be fruitful and truthful, And I pray, God, for our standing with you, that we would recognize and understand who we are in Christ. That there's none like you. God, I thank you. I thank you for the lesson that I learned, Lord, and what you have for me. I pray now for everyone that's here, God. I pray for all those that are watching online. I pray that if somebody here doesn't know you in a real and intimate way, that tonight they would surrender their lives to you, that they would stand before you and say, God, come into my life. I surrender all, that I belong to you, Lord. I confess that I have walked away from you, that I have compromised my walk, 
And I'm not walking in integrity, but I'm walking in defilement. And so I'm asking Jesus that you would forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and cleanse me. Starting today, God, I'm going to follow you with all of my heart. Lord, that's what I want to do from here on, is be your disciple. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it with your heart at all, at all, at all, please, please know that we love you and we want to walk with you and we want to guide you. As we worship now, sing your purest song to the Lord. We ask this in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.